You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, Thunder fans? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. This is your host, Brady Trantham, alongside Miss Madison Morris. Uh, we are sitting courtside once again. Madison, it's just because I like it so much. Up, uh, recording the podcast in the studio is cold. Um, it's really, it is. It's really weird to sit in there. Um, all by our lonesome. Uh, sitting up in the mid-level section at the arena is dark and spooky. <laughs> and I like the well-lit, uh, you know, level ground of the uh, basketball floor. So this yes. is what we're going to do. Uh, yes, tonight the Thunder win 123-114 over the Portland Trailblazers. They own the uh, regular season series 2-0 after not beating them last year at all in four <laughs> tries. Um, the Thunder seem to have at least exercised this Portland Trailblazer demon for the most part. Tonight, it was all about three-point defense. Uh, Paul George played exceptionally well. Russell Westbrook was in control from start to finish, but just an impressive win overall. No, it was. It really was an impressive win. See you guys. And, um, okay, so I actually was really pleased with this game just because it was so well-rounded for this team you know usually there is kind of a lackadaisical area but this time it was good perimeter defense uh, good offensive strategies good looks for the guys there were six players that finished in double figures you know overall it just looked like a good game overall hi Shelby and (laughs) I'm saying hello to everyone on our podcast and so you know I was just it was a good good thing to see from this team who has now won three in a row uh you know and i i tweeted this out but i think this is a really good start for the thunder especially now that they have two more games here at home before they ever hit the road so when you start a three-game home stretch with tough opponents like portland new orleans and the milwaukee bucks you want to start off that it, like that entire stretch with a win like this and that's exactly what they did so you know overall great win from the Thunder uh, good performances from guys like Russ of course from Paul George who is still playing like an MVP candidate it's just it's awesome I don't even have another word to say yeah and a lot of this in mass and it kind of started on this uh, on that two-game road trip in Philadelphia and New York um, I wrote about it in the story tonight on the franchiseok.com uh, the last time we were in this building um, the Los Angeles Lakers dropped 18 three-pointers in an overtime win. Uh, Billy Donovan and I talked about it a handful of times. I think I've already talked about it on the last podcast, last OKC82 podcast. Uh, was not happy, to say the least, about the Thunder's inability to defend the three-point line in that uh, that really bad stretch of six games where they lost five. Um, really poor perimeter play on defense and just really uncharacteristic because this team's identity is based on their ability to defend in all areas of the floor, but it just seemed like they just got really lax in terms of their three-point defense. But they got the ball rolling on the road in Philly in that big emotional win on the road. And then New York, um, I mean, they're the Knicks, but you still can't allow bad teams like Billy Donovan said after that Lakers loss to get into rhythm against you and become a good three-point shooting team because everybody in this league can shoot. If you give them time and you give them the looks, I mean, they're going to probably knock them down. But tonight, yeah, it was – it was impressive, and yes, I'll preface this with first half, I thought Portland missed three or four really wide-open looks where the Oklahoma City got lost either on the closeout or it was the result of some bad um, defensive rebounding. I mean, Portland owned the offensive glass 20-9 to tonight. It was really apparent in the first half. They kind of cleaned it up in the, in the second half. But still, Oklahoma City holds Portland, one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league, to 10 of 36, 
And C.J. McCollum hit seven of those, and he hit mm-hmm. five of his seven in the third quarter, and he dropped 21 points in the quarter. It, it's just it's remarkable the turnaround this, this team has had on defense um, from the perimeter in the last three games. Well, exactly what you were saying before. You know, C.J. McCollum was a prime example of what happens when the Thunder let a team get hot from their – preferred areas if you may and that was kind of a preferred area for CJ McCollum tonight and uh, I mean Brady hit the hammer on the nail CJ McCollum just went off in the third quarter and he was basically carrying that entire team along with Damian Lillard who just had a pretty fantastic game to begin with but you know CJ was like I said he was prime example of what happened so you know I think the Thunder kind of figured things out because he, I think, what he only hit two more in the fourth quarter to yeah. really kind of seal it off. But I mean, if the Thunder had let the Trailblazers get a little too carried away in that third quarter, things could have been a little bit different. But I, I think that really instilled something in them. And Dennis and Russell said two separate things tonight. And I do kind of want to like uh, mention them because I thought it was interesting. Dennis did say, you know, yeah, of course, we're a little tired, but we came out here with energy. That's just something we had to do. But Russell actually came over and said he didn't even notice that it was a back-to-back. They felt energized tonight. They were excited to get back on their home court. It really wasn't a case of being tired or fatigued or anything like that. So, you know, I think it was just a good It was a good thing to see this team take care of business, uh, really go off there in the fourth quarter, and not let guys like C.J. McCollum own this game. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, Russell's never going to be a guy that's going to admit that he's tired. Right. I mean, uh, the Thunder played yesterday uh, morning at 11.30 Oklahoma time. Uh, Portland also played last night in Salt Lake City in a uh, really good victory for them, uh, divisional opponent with the Jazz. Um, so I guess you could say the Thunder were a little bit better rested just because of the hours of rest that they had um, against the Trailblazers. But mm-hmm. I thought it was just impressive because – you know, watching this game and always knowing the, the specter that is the Portland Trailblazers when you're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, even past last year, this Portland has had Oklahoma City's number for whatever reason, whether it's Damian Lillard's three-point shooting, C.J. McCollum, uh, Nurkic's uh, emergence with this team since being traded there a few seasons ago, and that's kind of neutralized uh, the advantage that Adams had in the paint. For whatever reason, Portland has had their number. But watching this game, this was definitely a game that the Thunder lose last year because Oklahoma City came out on came out really hot to start the game. I believe they started on a 10-2 run. Portland starts answering, um, getting they start getting a lot of offensive rebounds and they dominate the paint. Like they dominated the paint. I think it was 38 to uh, or 36 to 18 in the first half. It was just and it was all because of uh, offensive rebounds. Um, basically, Portland kept fighting back and they kept answering every little run the Thunder would throw at them. But Oklahoma City would put the clamps on defense after, you know, maybe a 5-0 Portland burst and extend their lead back from um, from two back to five or seven. So it was definitely like if you if you think back to last year and the growth of this team and the growth of individual players like Terrence Ferguson, Paul George, um, even Russell Westbrook, who's made some growth, uh, made some growth this year. Uh, it was definitely a game I thought they would lose uh, last year, but all the more impressive uh, considering how it ended up tonight. Well, I think for any player, there's always going to be room for growth, and I completely agree. There's definitely been growth from Russ, even from the beginning of this season to now, which they have surpassed the halfway mark of the season. But, you know, it's just it's incredible, especially for guys like Terrence Ferguson, and Dennis Schroeder actually touched on him tonight during his postgame presser. Um, he actually came out and said, you know, oh, Terrence, 
he wasn't the most impressive at the start of the season. He wasn't, you know, where he should be. But he's stepped up. He's worked hard. He's put in the work behind the scenes. And that's why he's been so effective and efficient on offense lately. And, I mean, I forgot what game that was. But Billy Donovan even told us, you know, I, I'm telling Terrence to shoot more. I have told Terrence to shoot more. And uh, Terrence actually solidified that saying, you know, I've been told to shoot more. So he's had a lot of confidence instilled in him. He's learned a lot from these guys, not only from uh, practices and mentoring, but just kind of watching them on the court and getting a little bit more time to play and to come out and do better stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, it's been really cool for a lack of a better term. It's been yeah. super cool to see his involvement. Is that even a word? Yeah. I mean, it's yes. a word, it's a word right now. It's on a podcast. Oh, it's gotta be a word. Um, yeah, I mean, he, Terrence even showed us showed off a little bit more from his repertoire. He put the ball on the floor, uh, pump fake for me on the three-point line, uh, put the ball on the floor, and hit a mid-range jumper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't know he could do that. I didn't know he could do that, <laughs> and he hit it with confidence. Um, it's just a, a night and day difference yes. from the guy that we saw in October, November, into um, before early December when he's just been shooting near 45%, a little bit above 45%. From the three-point line just a different player and it's because he's getting more it's because he's now getting accustomed to the consistent role as being a starter because I mean he's not a rookie anymore but he's a rookie in terms of starting he right. didn't start I, he may have started a random game last year I can't remember he played some in the in the postseason before getting yanked mm-hmm. um just didn't seem ready and you can't blame a rookie for not being ready for postseason basketball but yeah it, it just it seems like all that confidence that, that Billy Donovan had in him and that the team had in him, uh, most notably Russell Westbrook and Paul George, that's all coming to fruition now because he's not only defending at the level that I think even his most adamant, uh, I guess, <laughs> rejectors of his talent would, would yeah. have you believe uh, at the beginning of the year, he's defending well, but the offense is starting to come around and it's just making this team so much harder to defend um, on offense um, and, and, you know, it's also kind of interesting. I made the, I made the uh, remark to you in uh, the media room during the fourth quarter. Um, you look at the box score, the Thunder have just a balanced attack of scoring. I mean, of course, Paul George has 36, uh, Russell Westbrook 29, the, gets the triple-double, his 14th on the year. Every other starter was in double digits, and then Schroeder dropped 13. If that's going to happen for Oklahoma City – I mean, that, that's what you want. And then you, you juxtapose that to Portland, and this is the remark I made, made to you in the media room. They get 34 from Dame, 31 from CJ, 22 from Nurkic, and nobody else scores more than nine. Wow. I mean, that looked like that looked like a 2011-2012 Thunderbox <laughs> score where Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden scored all the points, and please, Serge Ibaka or Kendrick Perkins or um, – who uh, – Man, I can't even remember anybody else in that roster right now. It's it's late. Um, yeah, just somebody else, please score somebody in the else, teens, yeah. um, so we can win this ball game. But <laughs> yeah, just um, I can't I can't really stress how important of a win this was because uh, with the Thunder losing their only two games to Denver um, and dropping their other two games against Minnesota, uh, that 0-4 look in the division. I mean, it's not going to matter that much. I know nobody's concerned about division titles here, but it matters at the end of the year when you're looking at um, tiebreakers. I mean, last year the Thunder were within two or three games, or I think two games of the uh, three seed, Mm -hmm. but even if they had tied Portland, Portland had them 4-0 in the regular season, so it wouldn't have mattered. Um, Getting back up, you know, 2-0 on Portland and 2-0 on Utah in the year, 
Uh, it's incredibly important for this team. It's inc incredibly important important for their confidence moving forward. And now they got Anthony Davis list <laughs> New Orleans Pelicans coming to town on Thursday before we get to see uh, Giannis and Tinnakupo on Sunday. Man, that's I, I mean I said it at the beginning of the show. This was such a good setup for what's to come for this team. Um, I'm I'm super eager to see how long they can kind of carry out this energy that they're bringing to the court, uh, their well-roundedness, which is what Brady just touched on. I mean, having six Thunder players in double figures, that's huge. Of course, having guys like Steven and Russell who are big on rebounds, uh, Paul and Russell are huge on assists. It's just, you know, it's, it's good well-roundedness of basketball, and that's what it's going to take to beat teams. I mean, I hate to say it, but beat teams like the Raptors and beat teams like the Bucks, and, I mean, Hell, the Thunder have the Bucks on the Sunday, so they're going to have to really prepare for that. But I also think it is going to help that they get to stay here in Oklahoma City. Um, that Sunday game's a 5 o'clock game. I think that's pretty uh, – that, that's a good time to play a team like the Bucks. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Paul and see how long he's going to carry out this MVP for performance. I've said this. I, I think – man, this was probably – a good like three weeks ago maybe even close to a month ago when I asked you guys you know how long is Paul George going to keep playing like this and we're about a month down the road from me making that comment and uh he's still playing like this and even a little bit better he had a moment tonight where uh he made a super tough shot and it was kind of like a fadeaway jumper and then he falls on the ground and kind of slides backwards I don't know how in the world that shot went in but it did and that he got up and he is just hearing it from this Chesapeake crowd who is just phenomenal as always tonight. And um, it was like a moment for Paul George to really reel this fan base in and get them on his side and see what he's capable of and make this, you know, an opportunity for that to be his moment instead of just being another player that's contributing. So it was just cool because that's usually something Russell Westbrook does and he had plenty of opportunities to do that tonight because Russ just... He played great basketball, but, you know, having Paul do that, I, I think this team is just becoming dominant, and I don't want to say that in like a, oh, like forget all those other weird losses they had because those do matter, but it's just it's kind of a cool thing to see them bounce back from that and have this energy and really reel this fan base back in. Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we kind of talked about it in earlier shows during that, you know, that terrible six-game stretch where they lost five, you know, like – Everybody goes through lulls in a season. Everybody's going to have a bad loss, like on the road to Atlanta, where you give up 100,000 points to a terrible yeah. basketball team. <laughs> Those things are going to happen. People are going to have bad nights. And I think the thing that we kept saying is that we've seen too much from this team. We have too much of, of a track record with them to think, okay, the wheels are going to start falling off because their schedule's getting tougher. No, like this huh. team has built up a reputation that is dependable like they're a great defensive team and they have guys now that are developing in season like Terrence Ferguson, and Jeremy Grant um, and even Patrick Patterson he hit Patrick Patterson was two for two from the floor they were both three-point shots um, I need to look this up for probably tomorrow I'll um, probably write something down on Twitter it seems like Patrick Patterson is just a different player in the last few mm -hmm. weeks he just a different confidence but when you have got those level of guys hitting cons hitting shots consistently it it makes you know Paul George's, Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams's uh, box scores that much more important because you know what they're going, they're you know what they're going to give you mm -hmm. in terms of scoring, in terms of rebounding and assists. So when guys, other guys are giving you complimentary um, efforts with uh, double-digit scoring, 
it just makes you that much uh, tougher to defend. Yeah. Uh, but with Paul George, I think really quick before we get to some uh, our questions, I think the biggest difference with him, and I've said it a zillion times, and everyone has said it a zillion times when they talk about Paul George, he's incredibly streaky. But I feel like the, the biggest difference with him that's kept him away from those, you know, that 0 for 10 three-point performance against Charlotte on the road um, back in November you know, Paul would have would have these types of games where he would have a few weeks of great performances, like he's had have has had, and then he'll have some a performance where he's three of thirteen. Mm-hmm. It just and you kind of forget about him on offense. He's not as assertive. I think the biggest difference is just his ability to put the ball on the floor and either get to the foul line, which he's been incredible at. He was thirteen of fifteen from the foul line tonight. Russell Westbrook ten of twelve. Um, his ability to get to the rim, I feel, has been a, a key evolution in his game offensively. And it's, it's kept him from just being scouted as, okay, Russell's going to drive and kick it out to Paul George, and he's just going to stand beyond the arc. you got to defend him because he's a great three-point shooter. But if he's going to be able to get to the rim consistently and get 8 to 12 free throws a game and knock down 80 to 90% of them, it's only good for this team. Yeah, and um, our friend Travis Singleton, who is the sneaker reporter, uh, asked Russell tonight during postgame, you know, what are your thoughts on Paul potentially being the defensive player of the year with how he's been playing? I mean, the Thunder had 16 steals tonight, and I believe, what, five of those came from Paul? So Russ even said, you know, look at Paul's stats, look at what he's doing, but it's not even just about that. It's just the way that he is able to force turnovers on opposing teams, the way that he is able to really put pressure on guys that are good at ball handling. And I don't know, it's just... I completely agreed with what Russell said. He was just like, look, I mean, look what he's doing. That's enough of an answer for you. He's doing some great stuff out there, and he's definitely a potential candidate for that. So, you know, Paul has just been phenomenal, and I feel like we could just do an entire podcast episode just about how great Paul's been playing for the past, like, month and a half or so. Yeah. Two months. I don't even know how long it's been. Yeah, (laughs) five steals tonight for Paul George, uh, four for Terrence Ferguson, who, like we said, continued to play really great defense. And, of course, he had kind of a – he had kind of a, a weird third quarter where he was having a lot of trouble getting off of screens, and that's going to happen. Nurkic is, Nurkic is a Stephen Adams clone. Good luck, some good luck perimeter <laughs> defenders getting around that huge human being. Body mass and and Ferguson great. even unfortunately ran right into Nurkic. I thought initially that it was a moving screen, um, but I, I felt it was a good hard screen. Uh, Nurkic only moved because Ferguson ran directly into him and got <laughs> called for the foul. But you know, I even thought this last year, even with. Ferguson's really skinny, wiry frame. The guy is incredibly tough. Yeah. And uh, there was there was a screen that uh, Derek Favors um, set on him uh, last year in Game Two in that Utah series, where I thought Terrence was going to die. <laughs> he ran directly into him. He didn't know he was there. No one communicated. He ran directly into him, and Terrence absorbed it and kind of backed up a little bit, but then kept chasing uh, Donovan Mitchell. It's it's just incredible how tough he is, mm-hmm. and that tough that mental toughness that bleeds in with his physical toughness despite his frame it's just been impressive but but like really quick on the steals of the turnovers for portland uh oklahoma city gets back to their ways in terms of scoring off turnovers uh they they force 20 on portland they get 29 points off those turnovers and the thunder actually took really good care of the basketball they only had 10 turnovers um tonight with uh paul having three russell having five so nights like this it's just even even when you get um, just dom- straight dominated on, on the offensive glass and you get dominated in the paint and you know you're not a very good three-point shooting team and you're playing a, por- a team in Portland who's a great three-point shooting team, mm-hmm. if you just keep 
you know, depend like relying relying on your identity defensively. You can win any game. You can put yourself in position to win any game, and I think that that's going to be the hope for Thunder fans moving forward. I completely agree, and it's it's exciting. It's some good stuff, man. There's some good basketball playing on this court tonight, and I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I loved watching. You know, I'm actually not like not really like a Portland fan, but I do enjoy watching. Tell me why you might be a Portland fan, Madison. Dang it, Brady. I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> they have some They have some handsome fellas. Let's put it that way. And I'm a lady. I'm allowed to say it. Don't of course you are. Of course you are. They have some handsome fellas. Hello, Myers Leonard. Uh, <laughs> He's married. I, I asked you if you wanted to go to the Portland locker room, but you were like, nope, nope. No, I said no. I was kind of planning on going to Portland's locker room if – uh, the Blazers won this game just because I think it would be interesting to see what Nurkic had to say about Steven Adams and then of course everyone would want to hear from CJ and Damian just because of the players they are and the kind of game that they had tonight but uh, the Thunder did take the win so I was like you know what let's just get the locker room let's and get, get the, the locker room get the podcast and get out of let's here. do it yeah with that I guess we can trans transition over to our questions which uh, we have a few we have a little bit more than we did uh, last last time which, which is great um I kind of chopped it up um, the other day. Um, everybody's at work. It's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. No, no one's going to be able yeah. to <laughs> tweet in questions. So, um, yeah, let's let's get in some uh, questions real quick. Um, Cody McChicken, our favorite Twitter. McChicken. Our, our favorite Twitter handle, asks, um, so if Billy keeps these rotations that he did today, where is Abrinas going to fit into this? Just take Nader's minutes, he asks. Um, once again, if – anybody was unaware uh, Alex Brienz was in the same situation he was uh, against New York where he was active in uniform on the bench but Billy said prior to the game I'm not going to play him he, he said the same thing today um, didn't say why of course didn't go into detail um, I kind of feel like it may be a conditioning thing at this point he's missed a lot of time and while he may be active and ready to go he may not be ready in terms of all right go out there and run around for 20 minutes but if assuming Alex Abrinas comes back, everything's okay, and he's the same player he was prior to his sickness and then prior to his personal reasons, um, I would say that that's probably the safe bet, taking Abdul Nader's minutes. But I've got to say, I've, I'm impressed with Abdul Nader. Yeah. And he's shown the ability to put the ball on the floor. He's shown the ability to get to the foul line. He's shown the ability to knock down pinpoint threes. Um, of course, the thing is going to be – um, his defense, Alex Abrinas at this point in his career is a much more consistent defender. But um, it's a good problem to have here for Billy Donovan between I, those two. Yeah, and I actually really liked um, Billy Donovan's rotation tonight. I think it was interesting because, uh, who did we see? Dennis came in for Paul tonight rather than Terrence. And I thought that was kind of an interesting move, but I liked it because it worked. And um, I think, yeah, Russell was actually asked about that. And Russell, of course, just gave the answer that we all knew he would give and just said, you know, coach knows best. He's going to put someone out there that he thinks is best suited at that moment in time. And, you know, I, I just really agree with what Billy did tonight. But as, you know, for the fact of Alex, whenever he does come back, um, I agree with Brady. I think it will kind of be Abdul Nader that sees a little bit more of the bench when Alex comes back. But, you know, Abdul has been playing great basketball lately. Uh, if he continues to step up and he continues to – be a shooter, be a defender, 
and just be someone that the Thunder need at that point in time. You know, I don't think he's going to get too many minutes taken away from him. But, I mean, if I had to guess, that would be the first person I think would probably sit a little bit longer with uh, Alex Green is back on the court. Um, Cody also asked, also, what do you think T. Ferg's first uh, I, contract is going to look like? Seems like he's making more and more money for his future self every day. Uh, I mean, I, I guess a good barometer would be Andre Robertson's contract making $10 million a year. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to bury Andre Robertson because he's been gone for a long time, so people can easily forget how important he's been to this franchise mm-hmm. and how great of a perimeter defender he is. I mean, as great as Terrence Ferguson has been these last few weeks, Andre Robertson, I've seen Andre Robertson erase James Harden in a playoff game. I've mm-hmm. seen Andre Robertson erase Kawhi Leonard in a pivotal playoff game. I haven't seen Terrence Ferguson do that, so while it's really exciting exciting to see Ferguson's development and how great it is for Thunder fans to have a guy like him that can defend consistently and score points on the offensive end consistently, um, I'll just pump the brakes just a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I, I again, I guess a ten million a year contract. If Terrence keeps this up, um, maybe he can get a little bit more because he's a, he's a at this point a much better, more polished offensive player in terms of his shooting. But um, yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because any moment now we could have like a Terrence Ferguson performance where he's zero for two mm-hmm. and fouls really quickly. Billy Donovan kind of talked about that in the pregame. That's always kind of the worry with him, but he's been much better in understanding what he can get away with, how to use his feet, how to use his hands uh, early on in games. I don't talk contracts. I don't talk money. I don't know things like too specific to that, so I don't really talk about it. But I mean, I agree. I bet I, you. I bet you're awesome to play Monopoly with. Uh, yeah, probably not. I can barely even make it through like Yahtzee or any of that stuff. But um, yeah, I don't talk numbers. I really don't talk money and contracts. But um, I mean, Terrence Ferguson, he's improving day by day. I think he's come to be this incredibly athletic all-around player if he keeps shooting the way he does so uh i think anything's possible for the kid and i do say kid because yes i am older than him <laughs> even though he is a i'm sadly older than a lot of players on this team except for i think russell patrick patterson raymond felton for sure you're not 30 yeah. i'm not 30 plus th- i'm not 30 <laughs> Ugh, i'm almost like 32 33 i don't even know i'm almost 30 that's what kills that's okay. me um michael milligan at rev mill at, excuse me, at Rev Millie OKC asked, as well as T Ferg is playing right now. T Ferg's very popular on yeah. Thunder Twitter. Um, wouldn't it mess with team chemistry to insert Robertson into the starting lineup when and if he gets back? Uh, loves the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, Michael. thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know because just like I just like I said earlier, Andre Robertson is an elite perimeter defender. I'll answer this question with two, I guess, caveats. One, if Andre Robertson comes back and is the exact same player he was prior to the injury he sustained last January, oh, man, I do not know what Billy Donovan would do. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he started Andre, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had Andre come off the bench. The second caveat is if Andre Robertson needs to be kind of brought along brought along a little bit slowly because of his conditioning and because he's missed so much time well then you won't have that problem because he's going to be coming off the bench in that instance um may i i I really you know billy donovan's kind of given thunder fans and thunder media um 
a great time in terms of like trying to understand his rotations because he will, as he's shown since he's been the coach, he will throw any lineup out there that he sees fit just because he wants to see if he can rely on that moving forward in the postseason. Um, but this is something that I, every time I try to think about it, it gives me a headache and I, I'm, I do not envy his position as the head coach <laughs> if and when this, this does um, come out, if Andre Arbison does return. I don't, I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't know if Andre's even going to come back. We haven't heard anything, and he was supposed to be reevaluated a few weeks ago. We haven't heard anything about it. Of course, no one's really asked, except for maybe like I think a week and a half ago, and he was still in the same situation. And Bill, I think, said he's still has a lot of ways to go. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. At some point, we need. At some point, it needs to be okay to say I don't know if Andre's coming back, and we're almost to All Star break. So maybe it is. I uh, yes. Um, my biggest piece of advice for Thunder fans is do not be shocked if he does come back and if he is put in to the starting rotation or he does come off the bench. If things don't go well to begin with and Thunder lose some games because of it, don't be shocked because he's been out for a very long time, well over a year. Um, yeah, it's been – wait, it hit the year mark, right? It's been a year. Oh, yeah, it's been oh, – yeah. yeah. I think that was early to mid-January when uh, okay, so he got yeah. hurt in Detroit. Yeah. Yes, it's been a year now. So, yeah, I just I wouldn't be shocked if things don't go well to begin with. Um, like Brady said, he, I mean, it would just be more of a working item if he did come back and was the same player. But I, I mean, I'm definitely not an NBA head coach. I have no qualifications for that. But. I would think it would be better for him to come off the bench to start with and have definitely have restricted minutes, which I'm sure he would. That's a no-brainer. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, these guys that are in the starting lineup, besides Terrence Ferguson, really, they've played with Andre, and they kind of understand, you know, his playing style. Definitely Russ, Steven. Uh, they, they understand, you know, what kind of player that Andre Robertson is. But... I mean, seriously, like I said, do not be surprised if things just don't go well to begin with. And there will probably, I mean, I'm not going to say there will. There might be games that shouldn't be dropped that will be dropped. But, you know, it's just going to kind of depend on how he comes back, how he's feeling, if he comes back. And uh, they're just going to have to go from there. Um, Nick Klassen, or Clayson, I'm sorry, uh, C-L-A-S-O-N, asks, what is the realistic expectation for how this team finishes in the Western Conference standings and how deep a playoff run do they make? Um, I think the three seed is a realistic a realistic expectation. Uh, they could have been tied for the th- um, third seed tonight if they had lost to Portland, and now they give themselves a little bit more cushion. Uh, now owning the tie, or they don't own the tiebreaker just yet, but they do have a 2-0 lead against Portland, 2-0 lead against Utah. Um, the 0-2 against Minnesota probably won't matter. The 0-2 against Denver might bite them unless they rebound and uh, win their next two games against Denver. Um, they could they could sneak they could sneak past Denver if they win those two next those next two games and win win more games than Denver and get the two seed. That's not unrealistic. I don't think I don't think they're going to get it. I think the third seed is kind of their destiny. That's where they've kind of hovered all season. Um, and if that's the case, the third seed that's that's a really good mm-hmm. that's a really good spot that's for them because. Yes, Denver has been an exciting team, and Denver kind of has Oklahoma City's number the last six times they've played. 
Um, but that's going to be a team that's going to be dealing with postseason basketball for the first time. And I know I said that last year on probably whatever podcast I was doing last year when the Thunder played Utah. Oh, it's Utah's first foray in the postseason in a while. Their best player is a rookie. We all know how this movie ends. And the movie had a plot plot twist ending. Uh, That team moved on, and the veteran team uh, went home in the first round. So, um, But in terms of what they can do in the postseason – I mean, they could make a Western Conference Finals run because, like we said, this team has an identity, and it's an identity that can that that can work in the postseason. Defense means so much in the postseason. Every possession matters. The game slows down a little bit more, and having you know four or five extra possessions because you force turnovers matters at the ends of games when they're you know most of these games come down to one or two possessions. Mm-hmm. You're going to want four or five extra shots than your opponent. And if the Thunder can keep doing that and everybody stays healthy, yeah, Western Conference Finals run is not out of the picture. I think anything's possible, really. I agree that a third seed sounds very realistic and attainable for the Thunder. Um, I mean, obviously, (laughs) it's going to take a miracle for the Warriors not to become completely dominant. But, you know, I actually do see the Thunder going past round one this year, just depending on who they're playing. Um, I think that's definitely achievable if they play like they did tonight. I think anything's possible. I really wish I could elaborate more on that, but I, I hope it's not the Lakers. I just, I, I, I just, I hope it's not that huge of a just a media firestorm yeah, of a, it's the Lakers. To like kick I, things off. That yeah, sounds like, like an absolute I, nightmare. I, I get a, I get annoyed when Golden State comes to town just because like it's not it's probably not as bad anymore. But of course, when Kevin Durant comes back to Oklahoma City, um, it's going to be a big story. But it's not as bad as it was two years ago. It's just kind of a headache to deal with. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. The Thunder are in a good spot. Um, really quick, the last question. Um, uh, Levi asked, do you think there's a chance Presti will try and move on to Robertson? I'm just going to say anything's possible. And, I was about to say. And anybody, anybody on this team not named Russell Westbrook and Paul George um, are tradable. Yes. You know, those guys are definitely probably untradable. Um, Steven Dan's probably a little bit um, as well. Um, anything's possible? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, I don't think that's really something that they're looking at right now if they're looking to make any kind of major moves. But, I mean, then again, I could be totally wrong and just be, like, speaking real weird stuff right now, which I probably am because I'm absolutely exhausted. But, um, yeah, I don't really think that's anything that people should be thinking too much about. And if it happens, it happens. But, um, I don't know. That's really my take on it. Like Brady said, anything's possible. So it's not completely out of the picture, I guess. Oh, Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. <laughs> well, that is going to wrap it up for us because we're both tired and we want to go to sleep. Um, yeah, Madison's been working hard, so she needs to go home. Um, yeah, once again, Oklahoma City with, uh, defeats Portland 123 to 114. Great performance, great game, fun game to watch, fun game to cover. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Like, subscribe, retweet, share. All that do fun it. stuff. Yeah, just do it. Um, we will greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for the questions. It means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. Um, but for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Tramp. I'm signing off. Good night, everybody. <laughs>